I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. In my very humble opinion, I think tarot really is the strongest when we come to it in a moment when we're kind of in identification in some way. We're identified with our thoughts, with a feeling, with an emotion. We are lost. Um, it can really help to slice through that completely and open us up to the river of truth that exists beyond that, the soul's truth, which is really the crux of the kind of tarot I teach. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's Raquel. So, I have some uh, beautiful news and bending news. I figured that was much better than saying good news and bad news because nothing, it's not bad news. It's just, it's bending. <laughs> So for the beautiful news, I'm listening to the call to embark on a long-time dream of living in an ashram for a little over a month. <laughs> Effective immediately. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm going to go embrace the beauty of being fully unplugged and deeply tuned in just me and my journal and my books and meditation. Oh, though I know a lot of shit is going to arise, of course. But I'm excited to let that go. 
And the bending, well, the ashram does not have Wi-Fi. So, like I said, I will be very much unplugged for the time being. Yes, it might have cell phone data, but I think I'm going to honor the process of the ashram and not really use my phone much. But don't worry. I'm happy to say that there will indeed be podcasts every Monday for at least the next three weeks with amazing guests. One who I started reading at the beginning of my spiritual journey, someone that you may know, but the podcast may experience her first silent Monday, April 1st. (laughs) We'll see how it flows. She might appear. There might be a podcast there. There might not be. We'll see how it flows. But because I'm not going to really be on Facebook much, I'm watching over My amazing soul family there. I'm so thankful that my dear friend and co-retreat leader, Brie Melanson, will be watching over the soul family on Facebook in the meantime, holding space. Feel free to ask her any questions, tag her anytime. I'm sure she'll respond and be so happy to. But I promise I'll come back and I'll fully share whatever my experience was. And I have an inkling of a feeling that this is like me securing my oxygen mask as I hit reset, the reset button, so I can better secure the oxygen masks for my listeners. So this journey is in the works, in my vortex, for a variety of reasons. And I'm so thankful, so, so thankful for your compassion and understanding. Also this morning after I saged all my new crystals and just got in tune and in the zone, I opened a fresh box of my new tarot deck. Like what an amazing feeling to have new crystals and a new tarot deck. Nothing is better than that. So I opened my new tarot deck, the Wild Unknown Tarot, in which I pulled three cards and I intuitively knew which was my past, present, and future. So my past, I pulled the Daughter of Wands, which was very representative of my solo traveling nature the past few years and the desire to kind of just be on my own and live out of a few suitcases. (laughs) Not really having my feet planted anywhere for too long. Pretty stubborn and strong in my ways. Stubborn in the fact that I wouldn't give in to give up anything for that lifestyle in which I guess I still don't. So I guess I still have a little bit of a stubborn side because I never care to give in to anything to give up the lifestyle that I know my soul wants to lead. And I think that that's healthiest for all of us. And then the card for the present, I pulled the chariot, which I will just read. Where'd you go? Where did my card, my card jumped away. There you are. Aha. Ah, this tarot deck is beautiful. The chariot is your confidence, your will, and your inner warrior. At points in your life when you felt the bliss of achievement or triumph, you were riding on his back. Build a relationship with this part of yourself. Try to see the chariot inside you. The more focused your mind, the easier it will be to sense his presence and stay mounted on his back. With a fixed gaze and sure footing, you'll be headed toward all you dream of. And I have a feeling that I'll be riding this back at the ashram as I'm really tuned in to my inner warrior. (laughs) 
And then for the future, I pulled the death card. Dun, dun, dun. No. I actually couldn't be more thrilled. I know a lot of people fear the death card, but it actually is a very beautiful thing because it represents a death in some form of your life that will lead to a positive transformation. And I have an inkling of a feeling (laughs) that during this ashram experience, I will be really shedding many layers of unwanted energy that I've been bottling up inside, which I can feel already simmering on the surface. Yep. I know I was indeed guided here because I asked for it. I asked for some form of this. I asked for it in super moon rituals and for New Year's intentions. So it's all just unfolding now. And if not now, then when? So it's a spontaneous decision and I'm just doing it. I'm just going. (laughs) That's how I roll. (laughs) I love tarot. And I was inspired to get a new deck after talking to today's guest in which this deck really does resonate with me, which by the way, I'd also like to manifest an old vintage classic deck at some point. That would be cool. Just putting it out there, universe. Anyway, in this episode, I talked to the tarot queen herself, Lindsay Mack, an intuitive tarot teacher and writer. You may be familiar with her podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul. And in this episode, we geek over tarot, and she demystifies a lot of untruths that are floating out there about the practice. In the beginning of the episode, you get to hear us chit-chat a little bit before the episode really begins, which I like to share these these days. And then we talk about feeling called to expand your wings and travel, along with Lindsay's story of following the call of tarot, how she channels guides through tarot, how tarot has helped her business, tarot decks that may not have the best energy, and my own personal experience and actually ritual when I use tarot, and so much more, pretty much all about the power of tarot. (laughs) All things tarot. And by the way, I just checked to see if Skillshare, one of today's sponsors, if they have guidance on how to read tarot. And um, of course they do because they have over 25,000 courses. They also have tarot meditations and palm readings and astrology chart readings and so much more. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Skillshare, well, This sponsor is gifting you two months for free to access over 25,000 courses when you go to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. And you can use it to enhance a variety of skills if you're interested in writing or poetry or photography or design like graphic and interior and illustration or even editing and business creation, social media marketing, pretty much any skill you want to acquire or enhance. Skillshare most likely has it. So try it for two months for free when you go to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. That's right. Two months for free. That's Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. And the last thing, for those of you planning your upcoming travels or if you're going to another ashram or something and you need some green juice or maybe you just don't have enough time to make green juice in your morning, well, Athletic Greens has got you covered with 20 free travel packs with your first purchase, aka 20 free days of 
the highest quality powdered green juice <laughs> when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash magic. When I sip it, I get to have a peace of mind and body for the remainder of the day, knowing that I just fueled my beautiful human suit with her micronutritional needs with 75 high quality and highly effective ingredients that support you in boosting your energy and metabolism and immunity and so much more. This is the best powdered green juice, hands down, and it's the best tasting to boot. I must say so myself. So just go to athleticgreens.com forward slash magic to get your ultimate daily supplement of athletic greens, little green magic dust. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash magic. And now let the magic begin with Lindsay Mack. I'm so honored and so excited to have you on this and to talk all about tarot. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm such a fan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, um, the feeling is mutual, by the way. Thank you. I'm coming up to your neck of the woods, though, in like two days. Not Utah, but I will be in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona in a few days. Well, if you decide to stop by Utah, <laughs> let me know. Wait, why I are mean, you going to Texas and Arizona and New Mexico? That's so cool. Because I feel like it and because um, my I've just gotten to this point where I went through all these health issues and they're all really like kind of under control right now. And I'm at this place with all of my work where I never have to be in New York for it anymore. And like, for some reason, there's been something about this year that I've just gotten bit by travel so hard. And I keep uh, like coming home and then getting called right out to somewhere. And I'll check in and be like, am I really, is this like my ego just kind of wanting to keep this going? And I hear like, no, yes, go. So I'm like, Uh okay, great. And I think what's happening is, God knows you didn't ask for the long story, but I think what's happening is like, I'm getting ready to leave New York and my body feels so much better on just different land. Even if it's like Florida, like it doesn't need to be, it just feels so much better. And so I think this is inadvertently kind of part of the physical healing process. So I'm just trusting, you know? Oh yeah. You're listening. And for whatever reason, New York was a great part of your story and your journey at that time, but it does sound like you are turning a chapter for whatever reason. And if it's your body, if you feel it in your body, listen to that. That's so amazing to hear. I'm on a similar plane as you, except for we're kind of opposites now. I was traveling all the time because I felt called to all these places. And in my body though, when I landed in Utah, in my body, I felt like I needed to be home. I hadn't been here for five years. I landed over the holidays just to spend time with my family and celebrate my dad's 74th birthday. I know. (laughs) And then Oh my gosh. When I landed, I felt home. I felt chills. I felt tears started to come to surface and, and now I'm here. And now I I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. (laughs) I know why, but I don't know why. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like, I don't have this. Um, I don't do anything when I'm out there, like mystical. I'm not doing like like land ceremonies or anything. It's just like being out there is so 
healing and vital. And I feel like it's so nice, like in you sharing what you did as well. Like there's something just so powerful about that and so universal. I feel that is shared amongst those of us who are really kind of awake and sensitive and listening. It's like, you totally don't always know the why, no. but you do it. You yes. know what I mean? And like, it can feel so much more mundane than what people put on it. Like, it's like, you look at people uh, being like called out and going to places and it's like, I'm just living my life. I don't yes. know <laughs> like yes. what this is, but it's so powerful. Like hearing you being called back home, like that's so powerful. <laughs> And my mind wants me to be in LA. My ego, I know, is like fighting <gasps> for me to be. Thing. Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. Like LA is like the beast in around my moat. That I hate it. I hate LA. I know we're recording and I I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with it being I really do. It just doesn't do anything for it doesn't like me. Interesting. Why do you feel like it doesn't like you? I have theories, but one of the I you know. I'm just a very sensitive person with land and sometimes I go places and I'm like, no problem. Won't ever come back to disturb you. No sweat. (laughs) I'm just like, won't ever come back. But yeah, LA I've been resistant to for two years. It's not that I've been resistant. My mind is like, go, go, go. But I feel like in my body and soul, it's like, no, you will, you will, but not now, not now, not now. Maybe I love that. That's great. I wish it would make my life so much easier if I wanted to move to LA. I wish I did. My husband and I no. both feel that way. I think it would make my life. <laughs> I really do think it would like, I have people there that I love. It's beautiful. Like there's good coffee. Yeah. I love, I, I oh. should love it. I should love it, but I don't love how I feel when I'm there. Um, You have great coffee in New York. <laughs> that is true. We do have great coffee. We have no trees and oh, everything, yeah. everything's a barren wasteland, but we do have good coffee. That's true. <laughs> how do you feel about Central Park, by the way? Because, I mean, it's a manicured little outdoor, but at mm-hmm. least it like, is a spot for people to be around trees. And- well, so I'll tell you what. I live um, a five-minute walk or less from the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. So I am Prospect Park. So I never – I've gone to Central Park. I've lived in New York over 10 years, maybe three times. Wow. I know. I never go because I'm next to, um, like, the park's little sisters. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the Botanic Gardens, really, when you walk into it, it's literally like you kind of forget you're in the city because it's – admission based so not obviously this is both like great and one it, for the quiet but like also not great because everyone should have access to that kind of thing but it I truly know. is like you can go to the botanic gardens you're the only one in there for like all for as far as the eye can see and you just really do feel that sense of like artificial but still this sense of something everybody should have access to that and when it comes to nature as well I totally agree yeah yeah Well, before we begin, would you like to do a prayer with me? (laughs) I would. I would love to do a prayer with you. Mm -hmm. To ground us. Hmm. Feel free to add on. (sighs) Dear angels and divine guidance, may you use Lindsay and I as vessels to... Deliver from our hearts, from our souls, our wild souls, (laughs) a shared truth, allowing 
any withholding ego to take a backseat or float away as we stay present and open with so much love and so much compassion and to bring to light from any of our experiences and lessons lessons and messages that you've been guiding us along that will help and shift the lives for the better of everyone listening in one way or another. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for being here today. I feel the purity and just kindness, true, actual, like true kindness from your heart. Oh, Raquel, thank you. You too. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Truly. Well, this first chapter that we're going to open up is about you, Lindsay's wild soul. <laughs> so, so first, I'm just curious, what excites you and lights your soul up most in life right now? What is lighting my soul up is something we were just chatting about, um, which is being mobile, like traveling and um feeling the experience of um doing my work both soul work and business work and both because they really are the same thing um from anywhere and that's been a dream that I've had cherished like that has been whispered on my lips so many moons so many equinoxes (laughs) like so many years (laughs) And now I'm here and I'm doing it um, and it's lighting my soul up to be um, living in a way that is actually in alignment for me because I'm not someone who really feels comfortable being in one spot all the time. Um, Yeah, I think there are many things lighting my soul up, but that's a big one. And now you're free. Yeah, exactly. You're free. To roam wherever. It feels that way. You are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And is your man happy about that too, that you guys get to just go off or is it just you? You know, it's so interesting that you say that because he and I are in the midst of like a really sweet, gentle, like curiosity about that right now because he uh, has been doing work for me, with me. Um, He creates a lot of visual for my course videos and um does the editing oh you're so lucky (laughs) I am really lucky we we met when we were in theater and so we always just he's always been kind of the artist that's been present in my life in that way and I was lucky enough to kind of things came together and he's sort of been like my in-house person wow Um, I love that yeah but now we're at a point that is so beautiful where he quit his job to help me move to another level of my business. Now I'm my business makes our money and he is now available and free for the first time in his life to just make his art. He's not doing anything for me. And because he is a graphic artist, he works on his computer. So we're trying to figure out like, cause he loves traveling too, but we're just like always in conversation with one another about like, him trusting that he's not going to miss out on anything, me really trusting that it's okay for me to have this alone time and that both of us can be kind of like blooming 
separately in oh. the same garden still, but it's, it's, we're in process with that. And it's not a problem. There's like no problems or tension, like, but it, it's something that we've been really talking about. So I'll be curious to see how that continues over the year. Wow, that is so beautiful. You know that you both are going to bloom, like you said, if you follow this call for you to travel, Yeah, whatever he wants to do. I love that. Good for you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Also, I'd love to hear more about your journey, the how and the why you decided to devote your life to the art of soul-centered tarot and listening to the call of your wild soul? What a beautiful question. (laughs) So I had to do it because it probably would have killed me not to do it because I didn't really understand until I was about 30 and I'm I'm almost 35 that um, this was a calling that I was being called home to something. Um, it took me a really long time to understand it. Um, and I decided to devote myself to it because um, I got to a point where I simply could not live out of alignment with my soul's calling anymore. So it wasn't even like I was sure, I didn't understand how I was gonna make money. I didn't, I didn't understand any of that, but it almost didn't matter. Because it was, um, I trusted in myself, my work to do whatever I had to do to make everything work to the extent that I could. But it really was like, um, it was a very big, very long, very spiralic journey from childhood to age 30 that led me to where I was. And I totally didn't get it the whole time until I was 30. Like... There's so much evidence looking back of how intuitive I was to a really disturbing and frightening degree, I think, where um, I was witness to things and picking up on things that I didn't understand were not mine. And, you know, I had no boundaries. I was also in a highly abusive childhood home, Um, knew I was a witch, didn't really understand that it was a calling, was reading tarot from the age of 12 did not get it (laughs) just didn't get it like for real it was right it was right there and I just didn't get it until um 30 when my life really changed after having a breakdown I got married around the same time and I started to actually be um I started to take the first really true real concrete steps in my trauma processing and healing and like I got called back to tarot by doing readings in a, in a store. And it was like that little, yeah. And that little teeny, teeny spark in me. I hadn't read tarot in forever. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Cause it sounded like fun. I didn't know that it would be anything. Um, and literally from that first time reading tarot like that in that shop, $10 readings, no big deal. Um, my soul was just truly, I I didn't understand that that's what it was, but I was, I had this feeling of completeness. Like there had been a square in my life that was missing a side and then it got squared off. And I was like, Oh, wow. First of all, I remember this. I remember readings and I remember like, it's kind of like riding a bike. I haven't been on for a while. I'd also in that time, like become a coach, been doing anxiety work and you know, with women, um, I had a wellness practice in Manhattan, but my intuitiveness was not a part of that. 
So there was also this experience in reading again where I was like, oh, wow, I forgot that I know how to pick up things that no one needs to tell me. It was literally like that. And then um, I remember walking out and calling my husband and being like, that was the most fun I've had doing anything in years. And I just, I just had the best time. And um, from there, I never could have predicted that what the work I would do became what it became. And my work has become way more, um, like much deeper since that time. But it really was like, uh, it was all there for me. And I didn't get it for a long time. They were very patient with me. <laughs> but once you go, once you go through, but I had to do it that way because otherwise I probably would have, um, like it, it was so great because at 30, I had kind of tried every other avenue and I was like, well, you know, none of these things work, um, really. And this was really the only thing left was to kind of enter into a life that I knew was in service to God, which is my way of my way of putting it. Other people might say spirit or divine or soul work or whatever, but I really do feel that that's what I'm doing. Like I'm, this is a, this is, you know, tending the vessel, you know, really. Um, so yeah, it was like everything happened so that I didn't really have another option. It felt like, you know, it is crystal clear that you are in the seat this incarnation was supposed to do to help others. And you're right, your service to God yeah. in your way. Tarot itself truly lit up your soul. And it was like the little seed was planted at 12 that so you didn't know what the hell you were doing. I mean, I, I'm in a similar boat where a lot of the seeds were planted throughout my childhood. Yeah. Sometimes it might not be until we're 30 or 40 till we actually live it, but we will. Whatever we're supposed to do, we will. It just, it doesn't need to be now. And where I'm at right now, I wanted when I was 18. But if 18-year-old Raquel was doing this, man, it would not be the same. Totally. I <laughs> hear you. Be... <laughs> and that was 10 years ago. Completely different person. And I'm just thankful I continued the call and the path in some way, even if I felt most of the time, especially in my early 20s, walking with this opaque mind or almost robotically on autopilot. But then mm -hmm. all the events that you went through in life, it becomes clear, crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And it's only clearing up. I'm still trying to put the puzzle pieces together. It's as if I loved your square analogy. It's as if I have a top right little bit. It's almost a square. It's almost a four square, but not totally. Like the three sides are there, but then half of one. So three and a half sides. <laughs> yeah. I really understand, like, that rings so true to me um, still in my life. You know, I feel like there are still some little areas that, um, like, I feel like we're old. You know, it's your analogy with the seeds being planted is so powerful to think about because, like, even though there's so much in our culture and there, well, there really isn't in the culture over overall, but I think it's spirituality. There's a lot of conversation about the inner child, but not a lot about the wisdom that gets kept by certain younger versions of us. Like mm. really 12 year old Lindsay really knew what was going on. Like she had full understanding of what was going on there. And <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it's, it's so funny. Like, 
Yeah, but it's so powerful because I wonder if what, you know, you mentioned like kind of having that with three and a half, it's like there's all kinds of different versions of ourselves in the gardens of our lives. And whenever we're meant to complete those circles or squares, it's like we kind of have to like go back and take the, what the younger part of us has kind of like kept going for all those years and understand now how we're meant to use it. It's just such a powerful way of looking at the spiral within the inner parts of us that I don't think I've ever (laughs) thought about before this moment. So thank you for illuminating that kind of analogy with the seeds. It's really powerful. Well, and thank you for illuminating the analogy with the square, because that's so true. So many of us feel like we are not 100% complete in some way, but at the same time, we'll never be fully complete until we die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like if we die, we've done it all. Yeah, we've done it all. But we, but listening to those calls from your guides in some way, like that tarot when you were 12, it was planted. And when you were 30 and you did that tarot reading and it was like the most fun you've ever had. Mm. Listen up if you're interested in 20 free days of juice when you travel or even just at home. When I ask some friends or family to try my green juice, most react with a disgusted look on their face. But when they take a sip of my athletic greens juice, they instantly become a fan every time. So to me, athletic greens is synonymous with feeling good from the inside out. I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's true because especially you will love, love, love the feeling 10 minutes later. I do at least because I feel like my body lights up with energy and vitality and power. So I, I want to feel that first thing to break my fast in the morning. So Athletic Greens is part of my morning routine and also sometimes midday if I need another pick me up or something to curb my cravings for sweets which it's solid for doing that. But anyways, for the remainder of the day, I am just at peace with the fact that this one juice fueled my human suit with her micronutritional needs with 75 high quality and highly effective ingredients that support you in five crucial areas of health. Fuels energy, boosts immunity, supports digestion and gut health with adaptogens and antioxidants to help you manage stress and your mood and healthy aging. One scoop seriously has the equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables and it does not taste like grass. (laughs) Basically, I describe Athletic Greens as physical magic dust that nurtures my body and helps me perform at my best. Plus, this is such a bonus. It is 100% made from a place I love, New Zealand. So I guess we can all say it's kind of like a kiwi magic dust. (laughs) And Athletic Greens, the best juice on the planet, is offering you, dear listener, free 20 travel packs valued at $79 with your first purchase. I carried these travel packs with me to Utah and it made it very easy. It just contains one serving and I had one a day, sometimes two. It was perfect. So get your 20 free travel packs valued at $79 with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash magic. That's athleticgreens.com 
forward slash magic and let me know what you think. Thank you, Athletic Greens. You really are pure magic. And now on with the show. Do you also read or uh, channel your guides? And if so, like, how do you converse with them and how do they converse with you? Because I think I read somewhere that you did. I do. Yeah. So I am, uh, and that's a really, 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 really great question for multiple reasons. The, the first of which is that there is a very common belief and misconception, and this has nothing to do with your question, but I will take the opportunity to just say to anyone who's like kind of living with that question within themselves that like in order to read tarot, you have to be psychic or intuitive and you do not. (laughs) So it was a very um, beautiful and kind of illuminating question. And I just want to honor that, but I am. And I, um, so I hear uh, guides uh, in like my ear in plain English. And when I read, I never like got taught to do this. It was just what made, I've never had a tarot teacher, but I have had, uh, I do have a teacher and a mentor who's so powerful. And, but this style, um, my style is really just that, uh, when I pull, it's a co-creation where the entire reading is given up to God and, their guides and my guides and the reading and what I hear is explicitly only in what is in the client's highest and best or in mine. And, um, once the cards are out on a table, um, whatever the particular arrangement is kind of comes to me like a piece of sheet music and I can kind of hear it. And, then I just say whatever wants to be said about each card as we go. So when I give readings, it's actually pretty like plain. It's it's actually not very spectacular. It's just kind of like a knowing. And sometimes I'll talk about cards without even like naming them. It's just like, I know what, like for example, um, If someone were to get four of swords, which traditionally means kind of like um, an opportunity for us to just have like some rest to kind of like create a boundary to like rest the mind. So like we switch off our phone, we go out into nature, that kind of thing. A lot of the time when I read, I don't even say like, oh, and you have four of swords in this area. I just will be like, you know, the next cycle of your life it will be really important to be available to wherever you can find rest or whatever they might want to say. Like, um, so it's given me kind of a, a interesting way of doing it where I can just kind of put together what is in front of me. Um, and I don't really know how I'm able to do that. It just sort of is what makes sense. Um, and everybody has their own style, but yeah, I do. Uh, and I, I hear guides all the time anyway (laughs) um like whatever is going through my head sometimes it's not guides (laughs) you know like now that goes oh yeah (laughs) where uh yeah I'll be like what the fuck is trying to communicate with me but yeah like 
I didn't kind of understand that that was something I could do until 30. And I, I, I do realize I look back at that, that has always been something I've been able to do. I just didn't understand that it was, um, I didn't appreciate it for what it was and for what it could bring to someone until I was started to do it professionally. So, yeah, that's amazing. It's so interesting to hear people and their journey of where they are and what they're celebrating with this world and sharing with others and how they communicate with their own intuitive voice and guides and whatever. It's all so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's such a song and a melody. All songs and melodies are a little bit different. Yeah. Also, at the same time, there's still just that one beautiful thing that makes it the same. Exactly. Which for music, it's being music and how it makes us feel yeah so this next chapter tarot and healing (laughs) i'm going to um ask you what i just assume are very frequently asked tarot questions ones that i used to think about which perhaps you'll be able to give us a little bit more insight and clarity on and also demystify some things too (laughs) hell yes i'm here for it hell yes i love it so it's like a (laughs) Tarot 101 and 201. Sounds great. I'm here for that. So what is tarot and how can it help us along our journey? So tarot is a set of 78 cards um, that are pictorial archetypes that have uh, sprung up from many branches of countries in terms of areas of the world. And um, put very simply... It is a set of archetypes that describe and illuminate the entirety of human existence, everything that is possible, everything that is in the realm of our earthly incarnation, it's in there. Our connection to divine, our humanness, um, our superhumanness, it's all there. And when utilized in a way that is for our highest good, Um, Tarot can present to us mirrors for the present moment, mirrors for the truth that exists within us. And the more that we are looking to these mirrors, the clearer ideally we become about ourselves, our truth, and um, the more opportunity we have to create kind of a ceremonial reflection with ourselves. Because, yeah, tarot is like a mirror that's a phrase that's used with the tarot a lot um but what i don't think people understand is like mirrors can be very warped they can be broken so you can do whatever you want with the tarot which sounds a little weird but it's true like if you want to manipulate with it you can do it if you want to harm with it you can totally do it if you want to help and illuminate you can do that, and that's really where tarot likes to be, ideally. Because, <laughs> um, like everything else, like you know, yoga, whatever, um, there are great users of it, and there are not so great users of it. But ideally, that's what you want to be doing. I can't even think of how people can manipulate tarot because it usually is yeah. just such pure light. Yeah, so here's an example of how I could manipulate with the tarot. If you come in to see me and if you say, you know, I'm feeling really caught, really stuck. Um, and if we flip over the tower and Knight of Wands reversed, mm-hmm. um, I could say, 
while you're feeling the way that you are because something horrible is going to happen. Something horrible is around the corner and it's probably going to be a divorce because you got Knight of Wands reversed. Like people do that shit. With the tarot. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I would be, if I were sitting in that seat, if I was the one being manipulated, I wouldn't even know because, first of all, when people say four of swords and tower, like that's just words to me. I, because I, yeah. I haven't studied the tarot. I have mm-hmm. my own tarot deck that is more of Alana Fairchild's roomy. It's not oh, the same, beautiful. which I would love to talk about. Yeah, it's beautiful. But there are some bad tarot decks out there, too, because once. I felt called, I felt pulled to this one deck when I was living in Bali at this um, new age store. I just, I love the feeling of the store. And then there were all these crystals that were surrounding this one deck, which was, I realize now perhaps masking something, but I didn't (laughs) see it, which is fine. I mean, I get (laughs) it. It's, yeah. 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 It just was like shiny and glimmery. It's like, pick me. So I did. And then at that time I was going through a lot of weird uh, people listening might be like, whoa, but it was a lot of black magic experience I didn't want. <laughs> and so I am not surprised that I picked this deck. And then something felt just so like, – the first month was great, actually. And then – actually, the first three weeks or so. And then something just fell off. And I was not only not feeling this deck but receiving some bad energy and vibes from it. And then like, a year and a half later, I went to New Zealand, and my friend Emma told me that the story of how this woman was found doing – I think it was satanic stuff or something. I don't know. But I realized she was the creator of the card deck that I had. (laughs) So so is it possible that, you know, some cards, some decks may not be so pure and masked as good angelic cards? You know, that's a really good question. So here's, here's what I'll say about that. And this is a little out there, but just bear with me. People love the out there. (laughs) Yeah. Tarot decks are kind of like children, and sometimes good kids come from bad families. Uh. And sometimes sometimes good kids come from parents that are really fucked up. And the creator of a tarot deck is only is exactly like a parent. You your job as a parent is to bring this soul earth side, and you'll always share that, but you may not be someone in your child's life. Your child may wildly outgrow you. You may not have any contact. The deck may be much bigger than you. So it is possible that this person who created that deck, um, just because it was the interpreter of it, imbued it with some things that didn't align with you because you're maybe operating on a different frequency. But sometimes, yeah, tarot decks can come from people who you know, are like very at level one. And sometimes tarot decks can come from people that are like at level 10 and we can pick them up and be like, "Mm, not for me. You know, so sometimes um, I don't think, I don't know if I've been, I've encountered any tarot deck where like I sense that someone made it to like mask it, but it's possible that there could be out there. Um, But really uh, it's kind of like, they're like people and you really just like get along. It's like the same thing. It's like how you, there, there are some people that I can't even be in the same room with, but a friend of mine can like have lunch with them and be fine. So I feel like sometimes like, and I experienced that as a teacher of tarot, like there are some decks that love to be worked with by me as a teacher. But if I go to pull a card from them, they're like, you thought 
get the fuck out of here. It just like will not. Yeah, like totally. They're just, it's just like anything else. So that makes sense. um, That makes so much sense. So, and sometimes I feel like some tarot decks can fade away. Like I was really resonating with this one for so long and then something changed. Oh, that totally happens. Yeah. Just like relationships too. Yeah. But what I will say about the tarot in general, my theory on it, and you kind of named this Raquel, and I want to just like take kind of that beautiful insight and really expand it and lift it up that the tarot exists beyond like paper form. Like the tarot is just a name that we call something that existed way beyond anyone thought to bring it down into illustration into printing into book form it really is completely pure and always helpful always medicinal period it's really just for our evolution but you know as well as I do that when we're the conduits of energy we can like mix up the message (laughs) so there are a lot of people who will interpret a card as being this like doom and gloom like crusher and that really isn't what it is. It's, it's just that, um, tarot is interpretive. So it's really easy to misinterpret if we don't, uh, if there's an area that we are still working on and just still like in our big humanness around. And I have there, I work with all kinds of decks where my guides just really just, um, I don't mean to use this languaging, like this this thing is lower than me. It, it's totally not like that, but where I can tell that the interpreter like isn't quite there yet with a certain card, but it doesn't, but it doesn't really matter because whatever wants to come through will come through if we know and trust that we're kind of the arbiter of that experience. Does that make sense? Wow. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. And then how can we know and decipher the right tarot deck that is calling us. So it really is like meeting the one, I think. Mm. There there are times and we and we have different ones, you know what I mean? Yes. But yeah, like um some people have a really strong experience of like seeing a deck and going like, oh my God, I have to have that. And some people date around for a while and they kind of have to wait. And some people get given a deck that winds up blowing their whole world open. Um, You don't need to be given a deck, but that can happen. Um, And like my, my journey with tarot has been like a couple of really intense marriages for many years. And then like a divorce because I've met someone new, (laughs) you know, like, um, and I think a lot of, and, and, but some people are completely monogamous to their deck and some people are like deeply polyamorous where they play with many and um I think I think it's really more about um although that's a wonderful and vital question I think it's also about determining what kind of lover and user of the tarot you are because that will help to kind of be like well you know I hang out with four at once or be like I'm kind of waiting for that one that I want you know or that I want to be with um, I think you just kind of know, or you'll go through seasons of your life where one, you just find yourself going to one more than another. I'm usually pretty monogamous, but there are times where I'm 
Somewhat Polly. I have this random also yeah. crystal deck. I was at a bookstore when in Hawaii and, and <laughs> it's like a completely different type of tarot deck. I don't know if it would be considered a tarot deck, but what are, do you think about tarot decks like that, that have, for example, mine is just like a ton of different crystals on their card. It's a, it's a completely different one than my roomy one, obviously. I, I feel like, um, you know, there's something for everybody. And I think a deck like that is probably so beautiful for somebody who just kind of wants a more esoteric, earth-centered, beautiful experience with the deck. I think it's a pretty cool interpretation of it. Yeah. You know, to yeah. consider the qualities and properties of each mineral to a card. Yeah, I think that that's amazing. Like, I kind of think all decks are, are the best because they really they all bring something. They all bring something, <laughs> even true. if it yeah, even if it's like even if it doesn't work out. <laughs> even if, exactly, they're all bringing an invitation, and I think that's splendid. I'm here for it. There's something new, something free for you, free for two whole months. When you go to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic, a new URL to get two months for free with Skillshare. I'm so thankful for the sponsor and that they are continuing to gift us an even better deal. Like what? And it's because millions of students have been using Skillshare to expand their human self in many different skills. They have an array of skills to help us along our journey for a more abundant 2019. Skillshare has over 25,000 online courses now from creative courses like writing or poetry, photography, drawing, animated illustration, all kinds of illustration, video editing, other kinds of editing, probably podcast editing, culinary, and even ooh, tips for your business from social media marketing and freelance guidance, management, and so much more. Oh, I can't forget. I can't forget to mention also tech classes like gaming development or app development and lifestyle classes like health and wellness and language. Just an abundance of courses for free for two entire months. Join me in their self-publishing class. That's the new one I'm taking, but I've taken their a couple of their creative writing courses and an entrepreneur course and a productivity one. Who knows? I'm also kind of curious about singing. I might try the singing course just too, since the universe knows that that is not my forte at all. It might not be a gift, but I can learn a new skill. Anyways, go to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic for your free two whole months. That's Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. So how can we play with decks? How can we use decks? You might not even like the term play with. I don't know. I'm all about play. I think that's the perfect <laughs> word. So how can we play with them? So usually I have to try to explain this and you've already kind of opened the door. It's all about play. So if you're, that's part of the issue is that people get way too serious with tarot and they think like, I've got to only go after I've been like showered and salted and cleansed and like you do not. The tarot is there to be a tool 
for anchoring, for play, for help, for unlocking our intuition, for um, like connecting with the fairies, with animals, with you know our well ancestors, all kinds of things, and it will do that. Um, it will do that for all of us. So it is really about giving ourselves permission to play you know, with a capital P. Yeah. And kind of like <laughs> be cool with not being memorized and be okay with being like, I have no fucking clue what this card means. You know, sorry to curse, but <laughs> I have no, I have no clue what this card means. Interesting. I'm going to look it up in a bunch of different sources and I'll see what I think about that. Cool. You know, and um, really that's how to begin to do it. And again, because tarot will kind of do whatever you want with it. Um, really ideally, uh, in my very humble opinion, I think tarot really is the strongest when we come to it in a moment when we're kind of in identification in some way, we're identified with our thoughts, with a feeling, with an emotion, we are lost. Um, it can really help to slice through that completely and open us up to the river of truth that exists beyond that, the soul's truth which is really the crux of the kind of tarot I teach. But even if we're not doing such intense work with it as that, um, it is just all about play and kind of just like all about play, all about play. It wants you to play with it. Tarot is like, cause guides are very playful. So I think really, yeah. they really, <laughs> yeah. they really are like, they're always, yeah, they just are. They're very playful. So, um, as you know. Well, they know, and so they don't take life so seriously. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. When when I play with my decks, I know that a lot of them have instructions of the ritual to perform before, but I always kind of do my own thing. And it's yeah, like, that's the whole deal. Good, like, okay. it's like, forget it. You know, you know better than yeah. anyone, anybody. Yeah. So what I do, I like to hold a, to hold the deck. We'll shuffle the deck, then hold it close to my heart and pray, um, and then set an intention or a question or just usually it's like just sh show me what you want to show yeah. me, and it, I don't have an agenda behind it. That's beautiful. I'll wave them out so they're all spread in front of me like a rainbow, and then I wave my hand over at my right hand, and for whatever reason, the one that wants to be chosen, my right ring finger feels warm or shakes a little but it will feel a little warm is there a reason for that it's just you know that's so beautiful you kind of like taking people through your process because sometimes people really do need that framework and your framework is so beautiful and hmm. uh, very similar to mine really um yeah very much so but the ring finger um you know that guides and divine will use pretty much anything to get us to be in connection with them. So there's probably for you personally, some pretty powerful connection to whatever that finger represents and wherever that finger is kind of, and however that finger might kind of be uh, a little bit of a lightning rod to divine, but no matter what, it's just their way of using that part of your body to let you know, like, here we, here you go you know? Wow. Yeah. And everybody has their own yes. connection and their own. Yeah. Or they just know. Or they just know. Yeah. That, that knowing know. happens a lot, of course, too. Totally. Know. And then it's really cool when cards pop out of a deck. Yeah. That's called a jumper. 
and they're great. There. Yeah, that's like divine being like, hey. <laughs> so jumpers are always really special. I love, love them. them. What if like four jump out? <laughs> then I would say like they all want to talk to you. And that's even sometimes more uh, remarkable when more than one jumps out because then there's usually a conversation, like a step-by-step process. Yeah. That's so cool. And people that are, that probably haven't practiced tarot or just completely unfamiliar and were totally just opening their eyes. They're like, what is this? I don't know. Or they might have this picture in their head. They might assume that it's like, because me personally, I used to think that tarot was just like a crystal ball for a psychic basically. So whenever Mm -hmm. I would pick up a tarot before I understood it, like when I was a child, I would just think, oh, this is me becoming Madame Raquel and I'm about to predict the future. These tarots are going to tell me my future. I love that. (laughs) But do tarots really predict the future? They really do not. They're terrible at predicting the future. (laughs) Like if you want to be really unhappy and frustrated with your deck, ask it to predict the future for you. And there's a good reason why. Because the future isn't fixed. Yeah. There's no... Yeah, it's not fixed. We're birthing it. This is a free will universe. We're birthing it in every moment that we're awake, that we're aligned. And in every moment that we choose to be really present in what is, we allow ourselves to build, create, birth the most aligned future for ourselves, our fellow man, our fellow humans, the planet. Like we are very much at choice in any moment. So that is such a sweet, like, I love that. I think all of us felt that way. It's just, this is a very new conversation in tarot. This is, and I will say, I pretty rarely say these things. Nobody was talking about this before I was. That I remember back in 2014, like, I was one of the first people with a little small, like, there were a couple of us all separate who were, some of the first people to be like, tarot is not about the future at all. This was a very big conversation. And obviously I want to make sure that I'm really clear. I was not the first person to say that. (laughs) So not at all. That's like, that's in Rachel Pollack's books. Like she, she does talk about that. What, um, the newness of the conversation that, uh, I know that I had not heard anywhere before I started to say it was that it was not just about not predicting the future. It was actually um, a kind of an oracle for the truth of the moment, that we're always in these choices, that there's always the brain radio going and there's the soul radio going and the brain radio is a lot louder. So we can use tarot to kind of try to peek into what's next. We can use it to kind of get clear on what another person is thinking. We can use it to kind of like know all, but it really um, wants to work with divine law, I think. And so there's a lot that can be gained, so much that can be gained from utilizing tarot as a tool to completely illuminate the invitation of this moment, because the invitation of this moment is really where everything is possible. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Part of my job as a reader when I was reading, um, because I no longer do readings, um, but part of my job was really to hold space for the profound discomfort of people who would come in and they just didn't want to do that work. 
I really wanted to know what was going to happen. And I completely understand that. I have so much sympathy for that. But it's like, I can, even if I were to tell you, even if I had a sense of what was to come around the corner, that could change. So really, what is the truth is undoing what is here so that you walk out completely empowered to take steps. So while um, I'm glad that I rephrased that, well, of course, I'm not the first person to say like, <laughs> oh, I can't predict the future. Um, it is definitely a new conversation in the overculture. It is very new, just a couple of years old, with people starting to really be like, it's not a tool for fortune telling. It isn't because it doesn't work that way. It just will always leave you disappointed. But it yeah. does such a good job. It does such a good job at lighting up what's present. That resonated so much only because I used to be so resistant to tarot for a while because I never believed anybody could fully predict my future. They can get little ideas of what's to come. You know, like you said, nothing is fixed and we're walking these paths and we have this beautiful free will to go whatever direction we choose to. And there's many different paths that are before us. And so it always can change. It always can change. Always, always. I do believe fortune telling in a sense where they can get an idea of someone perhaps coming into your life for a second or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, psychic, psychic gifts are real as fuck, but it just doesn't, yes. it's not all like, for example, um, if you are really doing your readings in alignment with just whatever is in highest and best, you might have one person who comes into your readings in the morning and they're doing their work. They're all set. There have been times when someone has come in and this has happened many, many times where I know that they're getting ready to release this particular season and the following fruits will be growing on their tree. But that doesn't, it, it's psychic, but it also really has to do with that person, the cards really working with that person. Like they really tell you everything you need to know. So if you really know your theory, it makes it so much easier. And then there are some people who, it's not to say they're not doing their work, but it might be that they're really working on trying to break down a door and the whole hour just needs to be like a gentle hand on the shoulder. That's like, you know, you could try the window. Maybe, maybe we could try the window. The window could be unlocked. You might not have to break this door down. Let's see. So there are some times when like that full bodied picture is appropriate for someone where the picture just lights up completely and the whole circle is illuminated about the season that's here, the season that's leaving and the season that's to come. Um, and I totally believe in that because it comes to me too. But um, I think a lot of the time, it, meaning in terms if you're going to go with what's consistent. Um, it really just lights up what's here. And yeah, I totally believe in that too. But I think both can happen. That makes that so makes much sense. sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Also, um, what I love about tarot is, and I love what you do with tarot, is that you've helped people with physical, emotional, and mental sufferings through tarot, which is mm -hmm. beautiful, especially with your healing journey, uh, with your complex history of with PTSD and a chronic illness, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how had tarot helped that journey and how can it help others' journeys with very severe sufferings? 
this is a this was the part of my journey that I stumbled into by accident. So when I was post kind of peak of breakdown and healing um, and doing all this work with trauma, um, I had a good team. I still have a good team. It's a different team. Uh, many of the players have changed out, but uh, I had a really great team. And the thing when you're really healing from something major, this is the same thing with postpartum, like you might need a team when you have postpartum, um, when you're postpartum. Um, but you're not with someone all the time. There are times when you're just with yourself or you're, you need to kind of get in touch with someone and there is nobody available. So what I found by accident was that when I went to my tarot deck in moments that felt impossible to live through and just simply touched in and said, how can I be with this? What is this? What, what can I pay attention to in here? How can I be present with this? And I would kind of pull on that. Um, it not only helped me to, it not only, um, each card would kind of present itself as an anchor in a moment when I really needed one out in the storm of my emotional experience, but it also moved me into a space where I was understanding what a different, what cards could mean that were beyond any book I'd read. It was just different interpretations of them because I was living them. I really knew what was possible. Um, when I would pull a card and say, is there an action to take on this? And I would pull a card, I would actually do it. And I would kind of, and if I didn't understand a card, which, you know, like learning tarot is like an, a lifetime art and you can really know the theory of a card, but not kind of like know it sometimes until years of reading, you know, it, it, it I think that that's very common and very appropriate. Mm -hmm. So there were times when I would, pull a card and be like, I don't fucking understand this at all in this context. But in that time, while I was healing, I literally used to like pretend to kind of step into the, the card and I would live my day and be like, interesting, what's different about this day than that day? And I would kind of collect my observations and be like, you know, I notice every time I'm in a Wheel of Fortune day, the following things happen. And so then the more you start to tug on the thread and what I'm talking about is, is true and pure geekery because that's also the kind of person I am, but I really wanted to understand it like that. Um, and the more I did work with the tarot, um, in those moments, in the moment, um, the more I had different things to say about it. And, slowly but surely I started to realize that this was something that was missing which um you know is a very bold statement but I will back it up by saying that I got my first tarot deck at the age of 12 and bought all the books I could at that time that were about tarot and um there was nothing that resonated with me at all there was nothing that I read at the age of 12 that I felt I saw myself in. There was no commonality of language. It was all very much about 
doom and gloom, fortune telling, like the court cards being other people. They are not other people. They can be other people, but they're not as a rule at all. Um, and it's complete, completely okay for people to think that, but, um, as a reader of tarot, I remember pulling cards and going to these books and being like, I, this cannot be what this is. So there was always a little, so there was always a little part of me that was like very frustrated with tarot before the age of 30, because I was like, this does, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't match up with my experiences at all in reading in my life, whatever. So it wasn't a it wasn't until I was at the point where I was actually living with the medicine of these cards, like in the rhythm of them, in alignment with them, that I started to realize like, oh, everyone actually has something unique to say about these cards. But part of the issue with it is that there's such a strong sense of um, hierarchy placed on like the people who quote unquote know so much. Um, and so I slowly but surely started to develop these teachings that um, I call soul tarot or tarot for the wild soul that are not actually about concrete interpretations of cards. They're actually foundational interpretations that can help to heal whatever anyone has thought about the tarot that may have put them off, confused them, excluded them, felt damaging. So it's kind of a healing of the way that tarot can be interpreted. But because I was working with tarot as a means to help my own trauma, I started to be able to develop a language that felt, I, I think, you know, I felt pretty comfortable in saying this because that was my bread and butter and like my my reputation for many years as a reader where if somebody had someone who was really in crisis, like they referred them to me if it was appropriate for me. Yeah. If it was appropriate for me to see them and they didn't need like, uh, if it wasn't more appropriate for them to be with a therapist or whatever that is, but, um, it's because I know what it is to be in a body with a highly sensitive, very stressed, very triggered nervous system um, it changes the way you communicate. You know the language. You know that particular part of the map of the world. So um, because of the work that I had done with myself and the way my guides would come in and speak to me through these cards, I knew what to say to people who were really suffering because there's very specific languaging that people in that situation need. And not everybody knows it. And that's awesome that not everybody knows it because it's really born of a life of suffering. Um, so it was really kind of all an accident. And it was because I turned to it in moments when I didn't have any other means of support because I had no money. So it was really like I could I only was able to afford what I could afford in terms of help and um, a team for myself. Um, so it was such an incredible support system to me and inadvertently I wound up kind of gaining all of these different awarenesses making all these different connections about what the cards really could be um so hopefully that's a succinct way of putting it <laughs> absolutely I when I turned to 
certain people for their innate wisdom or if I were to go to you for certain cards or for a certain question, it's nice to know that you had been there. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that somebody that hasn't had that experience, and thank God they haven't, but they don't have that languaging and they don't have that empathy for knowing exactly that whatever this suffering is that you're going through, what to say to really get to the core of you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So I have a couple questions for chapter three Mm -hmm. for your business, your business magic. How has tarot guided you in the creation of your business? Oh man. I mean, I feel like I don't even know how to answer that question because it's like, it's been everything to me. It, yeah. it is, yeah, like I have a business that is truly fueled by spirit and by guidance that is within the deck. And I turn to it um, for clarity on almost everything um, or at the very least confirmation because usually I'll kind of have a feeling or a sense or knowing and then we'll look into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it just is, it is the, it is the compass in the, you know, that is what it is. It is the compass. Like without it, I wouldn't be very far. Absolutely. Was it your deck that told you to create this podcast for Tarot of the Wild Soul? Well, God, that's so interesting that you asked that. So I, the rhythm that usually happens with me is that I get all, I get all antsy and I get antsy and frustrated. And I'm, I've learned now that it means that I'm pregnant with something, but it's, it's very telltale. I'm just like kick a feats in and I'm like, Oh, like nothing's working. And I keep trying to channel the energy into different modes but nothing works because it's the natural downtime before the birth and it's taken me forever to realize that yes I love that forever years yeah um and the tarot always I never got it until recently but it confirms it for me it will confirm Ah. like with cards like hang out wait wait, just chill, just wait, like be here, rest, cultivate, nest, whatever. And then it will start giving me different cards and it will give me like magicians and different things like that. But usually my feelings haven't caught up with the card yet. So it, it usually clues me in, even if you're not feeling or understanding how, just um, be open, just be open. And so I'll just practice openness. It's like a dialogue and it doesn't happen in one moment. It happens over time. So then um, within that space, if I get a card like magician, which is really like action, channeling, manifesting, like making things happen. um, Sometimes I'll ask on the road to this card, is there anything that I'm being invited to pay attention to? And I usually do get direction and it has nothing to do with anything. It'll have to do with like cleaning out the storage unit, like for real. And I'll just be guided to, I'll I'll just be guided to do something completely random, usually to like keep my hands busy. And then when that's over, everything drops in. 
and I will have this experience where I'm like, oh, I'm doing a six-week course, and I'm doing it at this date, and this is what it's going to be about. And it will all come through exactly like that. And then usually my cards are more right after that about supporting me through not sabotaging it. (laughs) So it's, so they come like coaches, but they don't tell me anything. They just help me deal with wherever I am on the cycle of my life, death, rebirth cycle, if that makes sense. Um, And sometimes they do clue me into things that I'm like, oh, interesting. You know, that's, I hadn't thought of that or whatever, you know, but, um, with the podcast, it was a very similar experience of being so ants in the pants and just getting like nowhere with any of the energy. Um, and I kept getting these cards that were really about, um, speaking, communicating, showing up, serving in a larger way. A podcast had sort of been on my mind for a little while, but they didn't tell me to do the podcast. I just observed through the cards that were getting pulled and I thought, cause this is usually the way I do things. And I thought, well, I will um, try to break the membrane of doing a podcast. And if it all flows, then I'll do it. And if it gets stuck, then I won't. And it was the only thing that worked for like a whole year. It was like everything came together almost overnight and then we were doing it. So I, it was a lucky guess that that was sort of what I was being, that, that the timing of it all happened. But um, I would say like the germ for the podcast was more like spirit dropping that in, but then the tarot helps me, helps me to make manifest what I'm hearing. That makes yeah. Sense. How does the tarot make manifest? What do you mean by that? It helps me to understand the patterns sometimes of what I'm being told, okay. um, or it will help me to understand the larger seasons of something. Uh, um yeah so does it but it doesn't give you like guidance as to this is what you need to do for the podcast in order to manifest your loyal audience which you so did but did the tarot help guide that rhythm if it did I wasn't aware of it it really was just (laughs) if it if it did it wasn't I wasn't aware it was really more like what it did do was it helped me to not blow it too early. It helped me to be in the discomfort and the waiting and like the sensing that something was coming, but I didn't know what it was. And it helped me to trust like, yeah, something is coming, but like, don't peek in the Christmas presents. Like just wait, just hang out and wait here. And then when it was time and when I felt it was time, it helped to confirm the steps along the way. And then I am weird like this, but I didn't really worry about an audience and I just did it. And um, actually I feel like that's beautiful that you say I have a loyal audience because I do. And it is a fairly big audience, but it's not an enormous audience. And that is something that um, I also get on the other end of things where I'm like, well, why can't I grow it? And I hear kind of like, it's fine where it is. So there are other times, yeah. So there are other times too, where I look at my numbers in one area or the other. And I think like, wow, why can't that just, can't, can I like get in there a little bit? Like, you know, like make that a little bit bigger. And spirit's just like, yeah, you can try, but it'll be big when it's big. It'll be bigger when it's bigger. Like 
just work up to it, you know, or don't, you know, or whatever. But um, it works on both sides of it. But I didn't know. I never know if things are going to go well or not. It, it just is like, yeah, you should jump. Trust your jump. But even if two people listen, it'll be successful in its own way. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, that's two lives that you just helped and changed. So, yes, that totally makes sense. But also, um, I understand your, the boat where it's like you have a wonderful little audience, but you're like, wow, can it can't get bigger. And you have to, like, check that. I love that the tarots check you. My oh. guides will – my inner voice checks me all the time. It's oh. like, <laughs> don't, so I honestly barely even look at numbers now. I just me I neither. don't get there. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That used to be something that was, like – really important to me but it was fueled for me personally by a fear that they would shrink yeah and actually I just stopped being afraid of that because usually if something shrinks then it could just be becoming more intimate or it could be time for me to do something else so it just yeah stop being something that I sweat whenever you you feel like too too badly the only way I well the only time I check numbers is when of course sponsors want to know <laughs> they want you to send screenshots how you're doing all yeah. <laughs> the time like every week you uh, know so I'm all, I do always know but I what I do and I think Tara would help with this too is to know like it doesn't matter even when they're great even when it's like booming and it's way beyond what I expected I don't want that to even influence my worth on myself yeah yeah because it has nothing to do with work and I think yeah and that's one beautiful thing I feel like tarot's would be a great check for people like do you feel like you're on this high horse because you're not do you feel like you are shrinking because you're not (laughs) you know yeah yeah wow totally so would you like to do rapid fire and then the reading yes yay all right Sage or Palo Santo? Neither, but Rosemary. Let's we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. I just add them in. Yeah, early bird or night owl? Early bird. Mm. Oh yeah. Morning routine? Um, journal, like kitty petting time with my cat. Um, just the peace of the very early morning. Rich, like tarot pulls connection with my guides just a really breath work just like me preparing for my day yeah. yes absolutely favorite breakfast eggs bacon and avocado meditation that you like to do mindfulness hmm. uh, spirit animal I don't know if I have one um, but I feel very connected to a mythological being known as a selkie of course like my rapid fires are long but I feel um I do I I don't know that I don't do a lot of animal work um but it is I do feel very called to I work a lot with like selkie fairy elves like that kind of energy yeah Mm. that's cool selkie yeah yeah I'm gonna google it (laughs) yeah it's great Favorite crystal? Uh, quartz, for sure. Mm. Just clear quartz. Who are some of your greatest influences? I would say, actually, Tara Brock is my greatest influence. Yeah. Um, Tara Brock is such a hero of mine. Um, 
pretty much like most of my model is actually sort of based on Tara Brock because um, like my podcast being freely offered, like being for me personally, because I do all of my other stuff is paid. Like my podcast is my one free thing. And that is, that is, um, and I have, I think all the time about bringing sponsorship in. Cause I think like, there's absolutely no problem with that at all. But I have been very inspired by her model motto of just like, that is her one big free offering. Um, and, uh, her work, her kindness, her openness of spirit, um, her generosity is a huge model of mine and, um, God influences. Yeah. I feel like that's the only one that comes to mind. Although I know there are more. That's fine. I yeah. mean, she's amazing. She's a wonderful influence. Music recommendations that you want to recommend to us. Oh my God, Raquel, I'm such a loser. I only listen <laughs> to like, I listen to seventies music only. So, I love seventies music. Like who? Um, I really love Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. I've been getting into a lot more deep cut of Fleetwood Mac. Oh, a lot more songs. Yes. That I, yeah, I like a lot more songs that I hadn't heard before. Um, and but God, I feel like there is someone more recent. Oh, I am really loving the band Moonchild, mm. and. Um, have been obsessed with their song Runaway and I love Lizzo mm, do they I sing think, um, I, do they sing the list um, I don't know I, I can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not sure but um, I'm not great with titles anyways no me neither but Lizzo's um, and I think that's how you say their name is this incredible singer like flute player and just their album is I don't think it's fully out, but there have been a couple singles from it and it's banger everyone. So that is mm. slightly more of a recent <laughs> like, but you know, love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, book you're currently reading, if any, I'm reading a book called die wise by Stephen Jenkinson right now. Um, and it's literally about palliative care in the United States dying. Um, what it is to, um, die well and what that looks like. I'm also reading a book. Um, I like to read about, uh, death and dying, um, in terms of like how to die mindfully and in a Zen way and how some of us don't really get that opportunity. And I'm also reading a book by Lucy H. Pierce called Moon Time. Ooh, yeah. I love the idea of die mindfully. I'm very interested yeah. in that. Well, I have a condition. I have a brain condition that is stable, but also fatal. It's a little hard to explain. It's um, a brain aneurysm that, uh, and brain aneurysms can exist in your brain without rupturing. And they're just called aneurysms. So for anyone who's like, what? Um, and it's just an enlarged blood vessel, but, and it's, you know, potentially fatal condition but there's no uh there is no opportunity for me based on where it is positioned in my brain for me to get preemptive surgery it would have to be emergent surgery so a bit of a rupture I could get surgery um so I'm always reading about death because I I work with the reality that I could die any day every day so it's really become like 
this really beautiful, like I'm not uncomfortable talking about it. I feel um, very, uh, like I'm, I've always been attracted to that subject of like beautiful potential, like being really awake when you die. Um, but I try to read about it a lot because I, as many people, like I didn't have that model in my family, not at all. And my husband is, I would say like appropriately uncomfortable with death. Um, Mm. and I like to, my teacher, my mentor, Michelle, um, has been such a powerful force of like opening me up to really embracing this aneurysm as like deep teacher. And it is, but it's always bringing me around to like the topic of dying wise, because I'd like to die as wise as I can, no matter how long I live, you know? So now with all this being said, I'm curious, what does death mean to you? Define death. Well, just the changing of form. Like, Mm, yes, just that's it. Like right now I'm a flower in the garden and when I pass away, I'll be compost for new flowers to grow in some way. <laughs> whether that means like, yeah, whether that means like my actual body will be or my legacy will be. And by the way, when I say legacy, I mean like people that I was kind to or people that I helped out or friends of mine, my 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 family, my husband, Your my cat. Your truth, like, who you are. Yeah, and yeah. it yeah, exactly. And like whatever I left behind here, whatever that might be. Um because I think legacy is not really determined by the person like living it. <laughs> you know? Right. But, yeah. So no matter what, it's just like become it's like sacred composting. Define life. Oh my God. Um an opportunity to experience everything and anything. Mm, I love that. Define God, the divine guidance, the universe. The best version of us. Yes. (laughs) So the universe gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways in major cities all around the world. And I said free, by the way, not three. Everybody thinks I say three. Okay. Free billboards. <laughs> what would these billboards read? What they read? Um, you are enough. Nothing is permanent. And you're more loved than you think you are. Wow. Not terribly brilliant, but true. Very true. And we forget. But the thing is, is that's what I like to call Yoda wisdom. It's succinct, but it's truth. It's Mm -hmm. truth. Totally. (laughs) So the last question that I ask all the Euromagic guests, how would you advise the Yom listeners to create their own magic? I love when you ask this. And um, (laughs) my answer to it is whatever you think you've got to clean up and put away so you can do your thing is the treasure. That is your, it is your thing. If it's your jealousy, (sighs) you have something to say about that. If it's your pains, if it's your cycle with your body, food, your sexuality, your, um, 
Like if you don't see what you're looking for out there, that's probably because you're being called to create it. And whatever kind of the tough stuff is that we tend to want to just shove away so that we can get to X, Y, Z, um, whatever you shoved away is where all the magic is. So if you can spend time slowly but surely in safety, in your own way, on your own time, because if someone had told me this 10 years ago, I would have been like, what? Um, you know, the more that you can visit that trunk where things get stuffed away, um, the more you'll have to share from your authenticness. And even if you want to do something where it seems like a million other people are doing what you want to do, you will shine and succeed because you will be drawing from your trunk, not outside of you. You will be drawing from you. So the more we draw from us, the more it's just impossible for us to like do anything that anyone else is doing. Because even if a lot of people are doing it and there's room for everyone, we're only ever letting our work come from ourselves. Wow. Yes, Lindsay. Ah, amen to that. I love it. And it's so true that I love that you said, if you don't see it, then you are probably being called to create it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where can everyone find you? So they can find me at lindsaymack.com for my work, uh, my press, my whatever. Um, if they're interested in, um, my course or in some more online offerings, they can go to tarotforthewildsoul.com and they can follow me on Instagram at wild soul healing and my podcast is anywhere podcasts can be listening, listened to. And that's also called tarot for the wild soul, which I love. And the courses sound so fun. (laughs) So fun. I hope people, you're into tarot Lindsay is the girl to go to so the woman with a capital w to go to thank you (laughs) thank you dear yomi thank you so much for listening and lending your ear and feel free to ping me if you had any aha moments or just anything that resonated deeply with your soul Perhaps you want to share it in the Your Own Magic Facebook group with over 7,000 high vibing souls to connect with from around the globe. A link to that tribe is in the show notes. Many Yomis have been meeting and networking and just connecting with new like-minded magical friends, and it's all free, of course. There is also, I don't know if you know this, but I am hosting a retreat with my dear friend and spiritual medium, Brie Melanson, in Bali this July july 22nd through the 26th where she will be doing a lot of channeling (laughs) so just go to yourownmagic.life slash retreat for more info and we will be celebrating our souls with many goddess rituals and connecting with nature and meditating and powerful breath work and spiritual rituals and clearing energy blocks and of course we're going to be eating a lot of high vibe plant-based food so prepare your tummies for that. (laughs) But most importantly, we will be deepening connection with fellow yummies in person and tapping into our own magic. 
Also, if you're interested in the exclusive Soul Tribe site that is full of different types of meditations and meditative imaginings to enlighten your day and self-expansion and soul expansion journalings, spiritual tools and rituals, and just so much more, that's a side service I offer for you. So just go to euromagic.life and sign up for $4.44 per month or $44.44 for a lifetime beginning this year. <laughs> so if you paid $44.44 this year already, you have it now for a lifetime. So thank you. And most importantly, thank you for just being an amazing listener and have a magical day. <laughs>